0: Health tech listeners, I'm your host this week, Haley Levine. This is the podcast where we tackle some of the trending topics, ideas, and best practice in health and social care. This week, we're talking to Paul Johnson and Lee Williams, both business owners and technology experts at the centre of the health tech world. I want to talk to them today about their journey to today's radar healthcare. Paul and Lee started Radar Healthcare ten years ago in 2012 with a vision to make healthcare safer both from a technology background and with a passion for healthcare. They really wanted to make a difference to people's lives by bringing a fresh modern take to health technology. Outside of work, they've been friends for 20 years, like traveling, including skiing, married with kids. In fact, Paul's daughter actually gets married in three days. Congratulations, Paul.
1: Thank you very much, I think.
0: (laughs) So thank you so much for joining us on What The Health Tech Today. We're going to start from the beginning. So, where exactly did Radar Healthcare come from? Why did you start the business?
1: Shall I go first on that one? Um, I think uh, initially, what we quickly realized was that it doesn't really matter what organization you are. If you're regulated, then you have fundamentals that you have to worry about. Those are people. So, you want to make sure you've got a competent, compliant workforce. You've got things that occur and reportable incidents, events that you need to manage and report against. You've got, you need to ward it. You need to evidence to the regulator. You need to evidence internally, externally. You've got policy. You've got all these fundamental elements of running an organization to help you deliver a quality service. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of step one. The kind of, the segue into healthcare was that, okay, then if we're going to build this really smart, cool system to worry about all those things and make a difference, help people deliver a better outcome. We're better to do that than within healthcare. So a little bit of discovery, exploration, and we quickly realise that this sector is in desperate need of this kind of technology. Line that to our passion to build something really cool, to make a difference in healthcare and deliver a quality outcome. That was the catalyst and yeah, we were committed and and launched ten years ago to start developing radar healthcare.
0: I can imagine starting a business is challenging at best, never mind in the healthcare sector, obviously with all your regulations. So tell me a little bit about those early challenges. I'll come to you again, Paul.
1: I think any business owner or business founder right at the beginning, the biggest challenge is convincing people and getting those early adopters on board. And I think We've held true to it right from day one. So from our very first customer, our commitment to them was to help them deliver a better outcome um, within their organization to their service users, patients, um, and convincing people by building this and helping them on their journey to deliver a better outcome. That was the biggest challenge because you don't have anything at the beginning. So, you know, you're making a commitment and you're getting people to invest in you. And yeah, I think that was probably the biggest challenge from a conceptual perspective.
0: What about for you, Lee?
2: Yeah, I think having those partners early on that actually help you define what the product's going to do is really important. We had some really great early adopters that helped us really build that vision of, of what, what the product is, how it will work in health and social care. And, and that was key for us, having those. And we had a good two or three that really helped us push the product on really quickly.
0: So obviously you're the brains behind the technology. So
2: I'm just the brains.
0: <laughs> well, okay, you're the brains. <laughs> um so how easy was it for you at the start to make obviously nowadays um the customers talk about the product as really intuitive, easy to use. So how did you come up with that that concept?
2: Um I think just really again un- understanding and working with those early customers is a is a really key thing when you're building any product you have to have that involvement from the end users and the people who's going to, who are going to be using the product because anybody can sit there and think I've got a really great idea of what this product can do what it should look like and the the things that it, that it's going to help these organizations achieve actually until you sit down with them and build those early concepts of what the product's going to do and give them access to it and and let them re- be really involved in that journey of, of the, the product realization, that's, that's the key thing. And, and the hardest thing is, is trying to do that as a small business because there's, the, at the beginning, there was two of us. So to do that and do all the other things that you need to do as a business owner is, is obviously quite difficult. So having that buy-in early on from those, those early customers is is the key to any product design.
0: And are those customers still with you today?
2: Yes, yeah, slightly in different ways. So some of them have changed, but the actually well, our our earliest customer, one of, the, one of the, our biggest early customers involved in those design sessions is still a customer, just in a slightly different guise. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- the biggest thing for that early customer was that it covered not only it um, was supported living, there was care homes, there was children's services. Mm-hmm. So actually to have that breadth of use of the product was really important for us. It wasn't just, so it meant we didn't kind of go down one route just looking at care homes or just looking at care at the home or just looking at a, an NHS trust because it covered three big services and it was a big organisation. It really gave us a good understanding of how the product would be used in different settings. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're still still um, a customer, say, just in a
1: slightly different guise and, and name. I think there's... <coughs> One of the things we, if you look at our story and journey, I, 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 I was on a session a couple of weeks ago that was diverse set of business founders and um, they were saying about the, you, you know, your story. And I was telling a story from our perspective, which was when Lee and I, was, as you mentioned, there was two of us, you know, with a laptop and a concept and one of our very first customers, I always I tell this story and I think we should visualize it in some way, which was, Balancing a laptop on a and a tin of Roses chocolate, and um, Lee giving a demo to our first customer, and one of the directors of the business said, "Here, can you hold this?" And passed me a, a small child. <laughs> so I'm holding a baby. Lee's balancing a laptop on top of a Roses chocolate tin. Now, it's a really great story, and that was the foundation because they became our first one of our first customers, and that was you know we built a business on the back of that. However. What I really like is, you know, when we talk about user experience and engagement, our commitment to help them deliver a better healthcare outcome as an organization from that first customer hasn't changed now that we're in hundreds of customers across the whole healthcare continuum, same commitment to every single healthcare provider.
0: Are you right? That that partnership approach is something that Radar Healthcare prides itself with and that's reflected in the ratings that you get from customers So and staff as well. You know, you rated around 4.9 on, on Glassdoor by your staff. You rated 4.7 on Captera. Your customers and your, your staff rate you highly. Why do you think that is? Do you think it is the partnership approach or is there something else?
1: It's probably a, a mixture of things. We, we've got Two things I think that we guide ourselves by. One is that partnership approach and understanding what is it that they are looking to achieve, not just selling them a piece of software. Internally, it's a culture thing. We, we've right from the very off, we've, we have a very open culture. We want to be honest, you know, empathy for, for people within our organization and external. And I think when you combine those things that people then become passionate as well, because they're not just writing code for a piece of software that you're going to sell. The writing code for a piece of software that's going to make a difference, you know, and some of these differences are very tangible and you know significant to, to healthcare outcomes.
0: Hundred percent. The people behind the brand, obviously, you said you started two. It's just the two of you. Um, I think in a bedroom was it, or in a in a house? Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs>
1: kitchen and dining room. Let's <laughs> go for that.
0: <laughs> you started in a kitchen and dining room. Um, you've built a company now 60 plus people tell me about those people
1: I mean it's interesting because Lee declared himself the brains of the operation (laughs) obviously I'm the brawn and looks. so but um, so so we kind of manage it it was a good fit in terms of from a business perspective because Lee is very technical understands delivery product realization customer service so I'm both passionate about customer service and then operational commercial things like that on my side so Whilst we engage with different sides of the business, there's there's an inter, we are an integrated business. So in the way that we communicate, in the way that we do things within work, outside of work, um, and I think those people are all bought into the journey, and that's so. So every single person within the organisation is very passionate about what we're trying to achieve here. Even the new people that come in, they get they buy into it very quickly.
0: And how does that make you feel? For example, Lee, especially you know, being being the man behind the product, how does it make you feel when you bring in developers or testers and they get so bought into that product?
2: I think it's down to the to the people. That are, it's not just us. It's 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 the other people in the organisation. So it's the, the 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 people that are heading up those teams, right down to the the person who's answering the phone on on the support line. It's really important that everybody buys into it and as we was talking about partnerships, you can have a great product. If you don't have great people supporting that product, then the, the business won't work. It, they're both equally as important. So it's it's really, really important that, that people are bought in right right from the top to the bottom. But as the business gets bigger, it's a bit more difficult to do that because it's not myself and Paul doing it anymore. It's the people that we brought in to head up those teams and, and to make sure that that culture um, stays the same
0: it's a really good culture to have and you can tell just by speaking to the people and seeing the posts that they put on social media and so on but being the ceo you're the face of radar healthcare how does it make you feel
1: oh i mean i am you know you get bought into this you know in in those early days whilst we had a passion to make a difference in healthcare um you know just immensely proud you know to see where we've come from you know, when we talked about those, you know, the 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 chocolate tin and the, the baby story, you know, we, we span the whole healthcare continuum now. So, you know, from clinics to GPs, to dentists, and NHS trusts, to uh, so the whole healthcare continuum across social care, you know, to see the product being used and making a difference and delivering those outcomes. And then how passionate all of our staff are. Yeah, just immensely proud
0: it's really good and that again reflects on the fact that you were not like um one of the top 50 fastest growing companies in in the north how why do you think especially recently you've you've had such growth
1: i think uh, i mean there's two elements to that i suppose one is that you've got to have a great product and and it's got to deliver real value and then if you start delivering that real value, kind of word gets about. People speak to people, and it's a, whilst it's a huge, you know, sector, it's also really small. So people do talk, and and, and word gets around about the value and the benefits that you derive. And the, and then the second part is by circumstance. So the circumstance are that healthcare has never, you know, we, we're in an unprecedented era in terms of the pandemic, the challenges that are on the NHS, the t- challenges that social care face. So the demand for systems like ours to come in and help drive efficiencies, help drive better outcomes, support them in this challenging period, I, I think that contributes as well. And, you know, and, and, and as we know, it's what are we now over two years that, that those challenges have increased. So I think demand has increased as well.
2: I think there's a massive difference as well in the way that social care organizations <clears throat> look at health tech now. So maybe two or three years ago, it wasn't one of their top priorities. As you've seen recently from the, the things that have come out from the Department of Health and and everywhere else, there is a big push now because people are really starting to understand the value and the outcomes that, that health tech can deliver, not only to these big NHS trusts, but also to the small social care organisations. So I think there's a massive change in how health tech is viewed across the whole
1: country. Yeah, it's a really good point is that. And I, I think, there's recognition that we need to level up a little bit, you know, the the focus and lens on social care, because for social care to get things right and to, to have a positive impact ultimately has that positive impact on the NHS. So we can reduce hospital admissions, stop people developing chronic conditions. These are the things that further compound the NHS. So if they work together, I think that's a fantastic opportunity. And we're in a great position, you know, to contribute to that as we span both both the NHS and social care.
0: On that point, what do you think about integrated care systems? Do you think that's going to help health and social care? Do you think it's, you know, we're obviously right in the centre of that, having so many different types of healthcare organisations? What, what are your thoughts?
1: I think the the idea is, is great, and I, and I genuinely hope that we all deliver against it. I'm a little reticent because I just hope that it doesn't become... You know, lots of individual oil tankers that are difficult to make decisions and are no longer agile. But the premise is: look, if we can place-based care, population health management, all those things I just mentioned about, if you start to integrate all of that care and have holistic oversight, we can genuinely make a difference, a positive impact on patient service users. Again, stopping people coming into hospital, stop people developing chronic conditions, reduce waiting lists reduce delayed transfers of care so people stuck in hospital when we need to get them out. All of those things, the idea of an ICS can deliver against that, but but everybody has to be a part of that problem.
0: Yeah, 100%. So taking you back to that journey again. So looking back, so that you've been here almost 10 years, 10 years in December. In that 10 years, I'm coming to you firstly. Tell me what moment has made you the most proud looking back?
2: I think there's this There's a few key moments. Probably the first one was the first time you go live with Mm -hmm. the first product because it's, although we'll be going 10 years, it probably took us three years, I would say, to get get the product out into a live environment. So seeing that product actually working and the benefits that it could bring and then having the great sessions afterwards going, what else, what should we be doing now? Mm -hmm. How can we help improve the product? What's going to help us and what's going to help you um, with this product was one of them. I think and then the next one really for me was probably that our entry into the NHS and having our first system in the NHS, because for us that was a big milestone. We decided to to wait quite a few years before we started to look at the NHS and and the outcomes that the system could bring. So when we made the decision that actually this is something that we we think we should do and the product's ready for, and we'd obviously done a lot of research and around the product and what it needed to deliver, that, that was a big that was a, a big milestone for us as a business because um, it was being used in a different setting that we hadn't hadn't used before, and there was also big um, incumbents there, big systems that have been used for years and years, twenty years in some cases. So to actually go in and be able to replace one of those systems was was a really big achievement for us. So they're, they're probably the two the two biggest ones for me.
1: And Paul, I think uh, oh, crikey, there's many milestones along the way. Uh, you know, when, when you hear f- directly from your partners saying that. You know, we love the software. It's making a difference. You know, it makes me incredibly proud. I'll, I'll cite one. One. It was quite... So there's an organization called Gorsi Clough. Gorsi Clough had, um, had found that um, from the regulator, the CQC, they'd identified significant areas of improvement. And so it was a big challenge, you know, and, and they got somebody really strong into that organization that was passionate about making a change, but identified that he wanted to partner with Radar Healthcare to help underpin that change. And that journey that we went on in an incredibly short space of time. So I think it was something like within three, four months, you know, taking somebody from an inadequate to outstanding, incredible achievement. I, and when, when you hear that outcome, you get that call saying, we kind of did it, you know, and I could not have done that without radar healthcare. Yeah. That meant the, yeah. It's a really proud moment there.
0: Mm. Yeah. I was talking to a, a, one of our partners the other day and they said that, um, before radar healthcare it's likely they all the services would have been rated as inadequate or requires improvement and now every single service is rated as good and to hear that kind of feedback you know it must make you just think wow we we are making such a difference in this industry um you know we're modern as well this modern take that we're bringing
1: yeah definitely i you know there's i used to have this old adage uh, in my former roles where I was kind of head of operations was people would get really stressed about certain things. And I'd say, look, you know, guys, just relax a little bit. You know, we're not saving lives here. And then over time, I know we're not clinical systems and I, you know, I'm I'm not saying that we're at that level, but fundamentally we can make a real positive difference and potentially save lives, deliver better outcomes, you know, and that, that again, fills you with immense pride.
0: Mm, definitely. So let's look at the present day. So 10 years, what's happening now in the organisation that you'd like to talk about? Start with you, Lee.
2: I think for us, it's just at the moment we're building the teams and building, um, again, building the, for me, the customer success team at the moment. We've had some really great um, customer feedback on on the service that we're providing in, in terms of customer success and how we do it. And as Paul was saying, we don't say, He's a system. This is what the system does. We say, "What do you actually need? What, what's the outcomes that you are trying to achieve?" And and that's the way that we go about customer success. But also, we're, we're, there's also lots of people changing roles in the organisation, which for me is is a massive positive as well because they're they're going into new roles, they're seeing new careers, and they've maybe been with us for three or four years. So people moving from customer success to be a product owner or to be a training manager or so. So at the moment, there's quite a lot of that going on, which is really great to see. Um, But yeah, we're significantly increasing across every department in in the organisation, which brings challenges as well. Um, So that's that's what we're doing a lot of at the moment. But again, where we want to go in terms of what the product's doing is really start to look at how we start connecting with other systems within health and social care. Because one of the things that we've realised is and and it's the same same for any organisation. If we can take some human element out of some of the things that happen, and we can systemise it, that can make a massive massive difference. So a simple a simple um, explanation of that would be: somebody is in hospital and they have a pressure ulcer, and that goes on to their care record in in the hospital. We can automate that through to our system to to raise an incident. So if we're taking that one nurse out of that out of that position where she's having to enter that onto two systems that's a massive benefit not only does it save time we know it will make the data accuracy 100% better because we're, we're taking the human out of the situation where they're having to do two things so that's a big focus for the, for the product development at the moment
0: and is there anyone else out there doing anything like this because I can imagine that's going to have a huge impact on the industry
2: it certainly happens a lot in, in kind of health tech, so you will see um, lots of systems that are joined up and talking to each other. I wouldn't say there's a lot happening in the space that, that we work, so in kind of patient safety, risk management. Um, there's not a lot of that goes on. It seems to be kind of a bit siloed at the moment, and we, we think it should be an integral part to any um, health tech ecosystem. It has to be, mm. because there's all of these things happening that we know uh, can make a real difference to, to the outcome for that patient or that. That resident or whatever
1: setting it is. Yeah. I think also they. What, what really excites me at the moment, because we're building this kind of we we refer to it as a first class community, because we're spanning all that healthcare continuum. They're all driving demands, ideas, you know, requirements to drive our innovation and roadmap. And some of the things that we're doing. So we've also expanded internationally. So we have a large um, project and partner in the, in the Middle East uh, with the Emirates Health Service. So it's quite significant. There's 17 hospitals, 72 healthcare centers across the Emirates. Now, it's fantastic to see the system having a positive impact you know, on, on, on the population within the UAE. But doing some of the things with them, which is you know, integrating into CERNA, which is a, a an EPR patient record system, to start identifying IHI triggers. Basically, we're looking where clinical harm or patient harm has occurred to automate that process. And now, to extend that, we're looking at um, data-driven events and IoT-driven events. What does that actually mean? It means that actually plugging in AI machine learning, which historically has been quite scary and, and limited to a few organizations, if you apply it in a practical term and just say, I want you to do the hard work and process this data for me and help me make some informed decisions. For me, that's super exciting because, again, we're getting into avoidable harm and and addressing that. So I get excited by that. And then the the efficiencies that hooking into, whether it's a smart meter in a home to identify somebody's boiling the kettle less, switching the lights on and off less, that's a sign of reduced mobility. Going back to the ICS question, actually, what does that mean? Well, we can identify and send a notification to community nursing to say, this person needs a visit, they've got reduced mobility, let's stop them developing a chronic condition. Commodity activity like checking fridge temperatures that storing medicines and vaccines. Let's automate that. The technology's there now. You know, put something inside the fridge that monitors that temperature, speaks to radar healthcare, notifies of change or loss of comms. And then we've just given a huge amount of savings back to organization
2: I think by automating it allows the carers the doctors the nurses to be doing what they should be doing and that's spending time with the patient so all of that automation that we can bring in and bring massive benefits it's time-saving but it also allows them to focus on what they should be focusing on because we can automate a lot of it
0: it really is the future of, of technology in healthcare and talk to me a little bit about the future last question for you what exactly, you know, where do you see Radar Healthcare in two, three, four years?
1: I can tell you where I want it to be. <laughs> um, uh, you know, and I say it with conviction as well, is I want Radar Healthcare to be the, you know, the prominent, you know, partner in health and social care. and I And because I know that we make a difference, we have a positive impact on the outcomes for service users, patients, and that that can only be a good thing. So spreading, you know, the, the use of radar healthcare across all health and social care in the NHS to become that you know that leading provider within the industry and making a difference.
2: Yeah, I think I think for me it's continue those partnerships because we know that by partnership working, we will be able to develop the product, which means we can help more more people, more more partners the more the more we do that the more we understand the challenges that people have can really help us not you're talking about the ICS the challenges that the ICS will have how can we help that and the only way we're going to be able to do that is is having that par- partnership approach
0: Definitely. So I lied. I do have one more question for you, but this question is a bit of fun. So now I'm going to ask you both to tell me what is your, what the health tech moment. So what this means is tell me about a weird and wonderful story that's happened to you in the health tech world. Give you a second to think about it.
1: Right,
0: <laughs> tell me about a weird story. Paul?
1: I, I, I don't know about a weird story, but I, something that was very impactful to me was, um, I was fortunate to um, to be visiting the A&E department in uh, Doncaster and Bassett Law NHS Trust with, um, with a, a partner. And um, he took me through the A&E department and uh, he said, it's a good time because it's really quiet and there's not a lot of things going on. Within 10 minutes, that had all escalated very quickly. Um, and this person's time was then taken away. Sorry, we're going to have to do this another time. And I was kind of left stranded in the A&E department and and just looking around at how people responded, it was almost muscle memory. And it was, it was, yeah, it was a moment where I thought, crikey, just how skilled and passionate these people are that reacted from a almost relaxed moment, having a cup of tea, laughing and joking to a very serious delivery of care in a extreme situation. And that was within 10 minutes, things had escalated very quickly so not weird but very impactful
0: yeah okay lady you have a weird and wonderful story you want to tell us about (laughs) yeah i
2: don't i don't think i'd call it weird and wonderful (laughs) i think the the biggest thing that i kind of picked up on that's definitely not weird was we i went and visited a, a care home group a brand new care home um and to see people actually walking around and see possible future residents looking around and in this care home there was um a wine bar and a cinema <laughs> and I was kind of sat there you, you expect to go into a yeah. into a care home and you've got this kind of preconception of what it what it's going to be like. Mm. And it, it was like these these people would walked into kind of a, a five star hotel and looking round and saying, can can you believe this? And kind of every door they were opening. I can't believe it. Look there's a there's a hairdresser's and there's a full cinema room and it was just unbelievable and it, it totally changed the way that I thought about Care homes, just in that one visit. Now, there's obviously a massive range of, of kind of, of care homes, but for me, it was it was very much like a, a total eye opener to, to care homes and, and the way that they they now operate and 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 the, and the benefits that a resident can have by by being in one
0: that's a care home i would want to be in (laughs) a wine bar (laughs) no thank you so much for joining us this week it's been really really great to talk thank you everyone for listening so next week we're speaking to big ian big ian is all about dementia raising awareness for dementia combating loneliness so he's making a huge impact in the care industry don't forget to rate and subscribe and if you've got any questions for us or our guests please email whatthehealthtech at radarhealthcare.com